0: Podcast for round 14. Fifey joined... Once again by Duckula. G'day. The Cat Wrangler. Good evening. Paddle Pop got a week suspension last week for breaking the swear filter, so we've got a new addition, Dr. Robert. Hi. This week is be nice to Carlton week because we went pretty harsh on him and they didn't play this week, so thought we'd lay off them a bit. And, you know, as for Essendon, who cares? But um, Carlton will be nice to you this week. We have to start with our Brisbane supporter, Dr. Robert, who may or may not be an Elias, but, yeah, Brisbane's come back against Geelong.
1: Absolutely amazing game. I did not see that. Comeback coming Whatsoever I walked um, Into the game And I uh, just see This big crowd Like it's a Sunday Twilight game So you expect A shit crowd And then you see All these people And uh, I think Even when we were 50 points down We weren't actually Playing that badly And I think The crowd we were like We were very loud And there was a lot of us We I think we got the Help got team home Did
2: you do it oh, West Coast style? Yeah there was a lot of booing I just want you to All cast your minds Back to last week When we were doing The shit team of the year And a poster here In this very panel threw Ash McGrath's Name up for half forward for uh, a shittest team member. What do you think of uh, Ash McGrath now?
3: Yeah, let's just say yeah, he, uh, he changed his mind. I have a question for Jir- Jir- um, Dr. Robert. <laughs> What's your opinion on the, the Black Guernsey for the Simon Black, whatever it was, Black Bay event or whatever it was?
1: Oh, that Guernsey, that looked absolutely disgusting. Again, we've just been rolling out shit jumpers since 2010.
3: Was it the, the paddle pop line on it that, that you didn't like, or was it the entire layout of it?
1: The entire layout. Oh, Simon t- Black does not deserve his name tarnished with that shit. If anyone's seen that, Third Toby
0: Maguire Spider Man, when he get the Venom crap gets on his suit and it turns it all yeah. black. That's kind of what it looked like. It looked like that black crap got in there and just kind of engulfed their jumper.
2: I'm not done with this. Like, I'm unhappy that, you know, a certain character could, like, throw Ash McGrath under the bus, say he was the worst half forward for the year in the league. The week of his 200th match, he kicks the winning goal. I'm hurt. Ash McGrath, I reckon someone should give him someone's address. He should come round and visit him. We've locked him up in Roy Lyons' dungeon for this week. I reckon there needs to be public. Opinion. Apology. I what, it's lucky like your he isn't here because he totally threw Ash McGrath under the bus. That was one of the more amazing
0: things of the year, the way they gave it up. But how about Dawson Simpson at the end? If you're a big ruckman, he hasn't been in the side much, but with that much time to go, surely you hold on to it.
3: I think it's just panic more than anything else, and like obviously the. I mean, without making excuses, because I know that it reminds me of um, Brent Staker in the 2005 Grand Final when he marked it and played on. But you know, the the, hot, the fatigue and the the pressure just obviously gets to a young. Person and they forget what they should be doing and get carried away.
1: When Ash McGrath marked down um, 50 metres, I was just thinking, please at least get behind. I don't want to go on that moral victory. Please, please, just one point. Then well, went in. Ah, oh, everyone just
2: went mental around us. I wasn't surprised at all. I've talked about this all year. I think we're starting to see the real Geelong without the assistance of the Danks' weapon team. You know, inconsistent, soft, less aggressive, can't run out games. And I'll, I just think you know, there's something missing. You know, there's some something extra that they've obviously you know been using that's just no longer there. They, they need to. In- something into the side to get yeah. him up and about. Look, I want to congratulate the Bryans. I recorded the game and stored it on my hard drive in the folder entitled Porn because <laughs> I thought it was the most sexy game of football I've seen in ages. I want to thank Paddles but it's a bit unfortunate he's not actually here because he's gone into hiding from Ash McGrath.
0: Chris Scott's press conference. He was channeling Brad, wasn't he? He always
2: has been a, you know the same sort of sook levels as Brad. It's just he's never as he doesn't have that many opportunities. I used to be a massive fan of the Scott twins but now I see both as sooky, whiny pains. You've got four Five minutes and better make it worth it. I was like, who does this guy think he is? I just thought I was incredibly arrogant and rude and just like, you know, a bit full of self importance and maybe um, lost touch with the reality a bit. And we praised Malthouse last week
0: for the way he was candid in his press conference and all that. The Scott brothers like the reverse of that because they say what they think, but it's just sulky. It's not amusing. It's not angry. It's just this, you know, entitlement thing.
2: I can understand why I'd be upset. I mean, we haven't seen a choke on this scale since Linda Lovelace starred in Deep Throat in 1972. So it was pretty spectacular. But but he could still show a bit of dignity at the
0: end of it all. It's all right to be angry, but, but it's not the media's fault, is it? And they're going to ask you the relevant questions as to why you gave, gave up a lead that, you know, usually only coaches like his brother
2: give up. What is it with these boys and choking?
3: Maybe it's from their time in the um, in the womb together. Maybe they were tangled up in each other's umbilical cords or something and it stemmed through to their um coaching careers.
0: I think the sulking must come from, I think both feel a little unloved being twins and all. They both felt underappreciated growing up and they, they hate being compared to everyone's... Grouped them together. So now, you know,
3: they haven't quite grown up and come to terms with that. What are they, late 30s? <laughs> They're still struggling with it. They don't like being the other one's twin brother. I can understand yeah. Chris like feeling that way, but, you know, Brad should be pretty happy about
0: it. <laughs> Honestly, I can't remember. One of them had a better football career, didn't he? I can't remember which one it was. They're just the same to me.
2: I think, you know, it could be worth talking about the Cats' reaction to it. I thought their board was uh, spectacular. I was, I've never seen it melt down like that, the Geelong board, and it broke big footy. It's, it's a Scott brother thing, isn't it? Kurt Tibbett's first game at Sydney and well. Has he already infected their culture, do you
1: think? 9.8% worse.
2: I thought that uh, Tippett choked in his first big game, and uh, I thought it was going to be the biggest choke of the weekend until Geelong came out and dropped the 52-point lead. It was all set up for him. He was in Adelaide. It's a ground that he's very familiar with, and he failed. His dismally. first
3: quarter was really strong. Well, you know, decent for a forward, and then he just, I think, he had two possessions after quarter time, didn't he? Six touches for the game.
0: Does it just bring in the whole, yeah, as you mentioned, ducky the destroying of the culture?
3: He's bringing him down from the inside. The AFL Equivalent of the mole. They've taken Tippett
0: and Karma's going to hit them. Did anyone actually catch that and see how many bay covers they had out? Whether the Crows fans turned up to heckle? Because watching Port's probably a hell of a lot more interesting than watching their own team these days. I saw a lot of
2: um, empty blue seat and one or
0: two bay covers. Bay covers are, you know, they're an institution
3: down at Port East days. They're Port Adelaide's equivalent of the
2: 19th man. Oh, look, I watched the last quarter. The swans really faded out. You know, like they just look flat, disinterested. They kind of look like they were turning up just for the money, like Tippett. I, I think they look like a bunch of guys that didn't get a pay rise after they won a grand final, you know?
0: Maybe they realised that Paul Ruse wouldn't be commentating, so they wouldn't be pumped up on TV, so they felt a bit flat by that.
2: What, what does Paul Ruse call Tippett? I don't know, he doesn't know him, does he? I don't think that counts
0: for Ruse, he doesn't. He just has to play for Sydney. Melbourne's some Kilda. Well, Melbourne played for Craig like they played for Neil, really. Bloody Simpkin, how much of a dickhead do you have to beat about Chris Dawes? Do you really need to knock him out of the game? He's not Buddy Franklin or Hawkins, <laughs> you know. Is it worth the two weeks to quiet Chris Dawes down for a game?
2: I mean, I don't even know what to think about either of these teams. You know, Melbourne's big attempt to be relevant this week was asking for an extra pick. At that point, like, I went right off and Try harder, you know. <laughs>
0: I think we can write that game off as simply being St Kilda 1 in spite of the umpires. Richmond Bulldogs was pretty stock standard. Tigers won by 10 goals, about probably a bit less than expected in the end. Just the only thing I can really take out of that game is that, you know, young players played well. And Brian Taylor shits me. I can't believe how many times I heard that Seth Rogan had been down at Richmond during the week, but I don't think I cared.
3: Well, well had, had he honestly been down at Richmond?
0: Yeah, there's apparently a photo of him in a jumper.
3: What was he doing at Richmond? I'm just astounded that he's gone to an AFL club for the day.
0: Well, through our little bug, we've found the five reasons
3: Seth Rogen was
1: at Richmond... Number five. He'd like to um, cast Dustin Martin in Pineapple Grass
3: Number four, he was researching a role for the 40-year-old virgin part two, the 50-year-old virgin, and he was having a meeting with Tiger Boys to get
2: some more ideas for it. Number three. He had to pay royalties to Bryn and Gale for the title of his career biography, The Doom Cycle. Number two.
3: He wanted to see if Richmond's chicken poop mound was a bigger pile of shit than the Green Hornet, and he was disappointed to find out that it wasn't.
0: And the number one reason that Seth Rogen was down at Richmond was he was wanted to meet the KFC boy because he's a big fan it isn't? but yeah celebrities come out that's like the whole Rob Lowe thing years ago in Collingwood Eddie Maguire had him in the circle that would never happen these days at any club
2: I'm still a bit shocked at Fifey you know it's just like yeah just one by ten goals should have been more it's like it's wow Richmond got some you know, com- confident exactly. down there at Richmond aren't we they it's do like, don't
3: they? They say he can, he's, the past few weeks he's just been like oh these are the games we should win and you know and we're going to be in the finals getting very comfortable
2: very comfortable. I'd be like, 10 goals against anyone. I'm like, thanks for coming. I'm happy. (laughs) you know there's just been this rumor about richmond fans going around the traps down the bay that you get a bit overconfident i try not to <laughs> <laughs> i never believed it until now
0: i got nothing yeah that was probably a bit
2: accept yourself <laughs> before you get ahead of yourself
0: freeman or north
2: i don't know if watched
3: is quite the right word but i don't know i felt like survived I felt barely maybe um <laughs> maybe is it is is there a word for kind of you know like the clockwork orange kind of eyes kind of taped open and forced to watch it kind of thing i had nothing else to do so i thought Thought, oh you know I'll check it out and I was regretting it about halfway through the first quarter that's for sure I think there was only one one goal scored in the first quarter uh the cat Wrangler's opinion on Russ line is is certainly starting to uh I
2: guess evolve with um games like this that's for sure I had a choice of watching that game or going to Vietnam and and you know having bamboo stuck under my fingernails and so you can I didn't watch the game obviously the most entertaining thing
3: about the game for the day was Brett Harvey and his and his antics that's for sure so it's it's come up now that um that apparently Ryan Crowley's been fined 900 dollars for pinching him from the um from the match review panel, which is going to be challenged. That's probably one of the more interesting parts to come from. And both Harvey and Crowley were trying to outdive each other. Another interesting thing to come out of the game was um Andrew Swallow's half-time interview where he said to uh the boundary rider, I can't remember who it was, but he said that um that hope he was hoping that the weather was gonna clear up so that they could put a better performance in the second half. So I think it's the whole um North being allergic to rain is coming to the fore as well.
0: He's just following the orders, Brad's gone to halftime and made him all Pray for the rain to stop. And Swallow's religious man. He's probably onto that. Vlogcast fix. So, Frio, basically unwatchable. How do we make him more watchable?
3: My suggestion is that they, they get fewer players on the ground, less congestion from their defenders. I mean, even if they had, say, if they, they cut him down to 12 players, cut them down by a third on the ground, all 12 would still be in the defensive 50 for the entire of the game. So, it might not make a huge difference of maybe just, you know, a subtle difference in it.
0: Might also spell the end of a career like Crowley's, because when they got 12, they can't really hang on to him.
2: Yeah, Dawson would be out of a job, possibly. Yeah. Mm. I think they should make a rule where you can only have so many players in one half of the ground at any one time.
3: It's going to be tough to
2: adjudicate, though. It's are you being serious? Not entirely, but it's not oh, that okay. bad an idea.
3: Just make it freeo specific. I remember that being floated around in the mid two thousands with Sydney, yeah. and then saying, you know, an idea being, you know, like um the whole certain amount of people in the defensive fifty, but umpires can barely keep up with you know holding the ball and in interpretations, let alone count how many people there are in defensive fifty. That's for sure. Yeah,
0: another way for St Kilda to claim. Oh, victories. I think to make them more watchable, the only real alternative, aside from, you know, banning Ross Lyon from football, would be to simply stick them in the worst time slot every week where no one has to watch them. Put them on on Saturday afternoon when there's another game on and no one has to watch.
3: You could get Brian Taylor to comment as well and then you'd lose half your audience as well.
0: we kill two birds with one stone and then just yeah. shift it off somewhere else.
3: Then no one will ever watch it and it doesn't matter. Um, and once
1: Essendon um, gets kicked out of the AFL, then you got back to 16 teams.
0: Okay, and Friday night, last one. Uh, we got two here who would have experienced that.
2: You know, honestly, I thought that West Coast really came to play. I thought they were very competitive. You know, I think they gave the Hawks a really big scare. I thought the game was even closer than the scoreline might have led you to believe. We just had a little bit more class in front of goal. We were just working a little bit hard, tracking back the Hawks, and we were pushing the Eagles forwards a bit wider, so their shots for goal weren't as easy as ours. We were getting shots in front and sodas over the top, whereas the Eagles were shooting from the pockets a bit more, and that was really the only difference.
3: The Hawks... Expose the Eagles a way that a fair few teams have this year, and that's by getting the quick ball over the back. And they, you know, with the Eagles' slow defenders or slow ground level defenders anyway, the it, it obviously worked its magic for
2: um, for the Hawks in the right way. Too many talls up front for the Eagles. If you can get a bit of run out of defence, they can show them up a little bit. Uh, but obviously, you know, going back the other way and, and they get those long kicks in, you know, they can they can clunk some big marks. Those boys. What was with the WWF moves, you know, from Old Embers? What was he doing there?
3: Yeah, what's the plot? Yeah, and I'm I'm going to steal this from from another poster in a thread that he's doing the right thing by the team in that like he does he's you know he's not leaving it up to the um the match committee to drop him he's taken the uh, the uh, initiative and getting banned getting suspended in that way he doesn't have to get booted out of the team but yeah that, it was a pretty poor form for him any anything with a knee or a foot um you know a kick or a knee is is uh, is subpar in in my opinion and and that was a uh, that was pretty poor from him there's a few players on the Eagles team at the moment that are going through. Through some sort of menopausal changes where they. um, we pause. Yeah, they can't keep up with the game, so they're um, going the, uh, the old know or whatever they can, getting frustrated.
0: Hawthorne were impressive the way that they found goal kickers. Like Ruffey, we've always known, can play, but Gunston getting five, he's been pretty good of late. And just the way they're starting to work their forward
2: line without Buddy. Yeah, Franklin Watch is a good thing to bring up at this stage, uh, Flifey. And look, I called it a few weeks back, I think, on this very podcast. I've been talking up Ruffy, saying, I think he's a more important player. You know, he can play in the right, he can play in midfield, and he can actually mark the ball which is useful honestly no one ever talks him up because it's a midfielder's medal but I, I reckon he's the most valuable player in the league at the moment pretty close to his he's versatile he he is, out of he front. yeah I think people forget that I he was
3: think, um, for Franklin you know that he, he was that obviously his junior talent was fairly well recognised I agree with you Carrangler. Wrangler I think he's, he's definitely underrated Doesn't playing in the same forward line as someone like Franklin he doesn't get quite get the recognition he deserves
2: I thought Gunston played really well considering that he came up against Scott Waters who's one of the harder guys in the league Bo Waters
3: so please <laughs> Don't compare <here> by waters for <laughs> some <laughs> <laughs> make it make it my stomach (laughs) churn are the Hawks better considering
0: Buddy will they be fine without Buddy with GWS chasing so hard it seems there
1: aren't many people more relentless than GWS chasing Buddy but we have found some to come up with our second top five five the guy who stalked Alex Rant number four (laughs) Matt Vine's liking one as post three that Pope guy who keeps re-editing the Wikipedia number two
2: Jason Graham stalked somebody he was pretty keen
3: the number one person more relentless than GWS chasing Lance Franklin's signature is Bombs 2 2003 and his <laughs> chair-sniffing of um Wushette. Oh,
2: Seriously, I heard a bit of a rumour around the traps that there was a bet on between Bombers 2003 and Wushette that <laughs> if the Eagles didn't get up on Thursday night, that Bombers 2003 gets to take Wouchette out on a date. I think the bet was basically based on that
3: if the Bombers win in celebration, Bombers 2003 is going to wait outside her apartment with a bottle full of chloroform, and then, <laughs> then he was going to take her on a special date that she wasn't going to be conscious for. That's about all I'm, sure, I'm aware of. GWS are chasing him pretty hard and the compensation for Buddy, considering that Melbourne
0: are looking at getting a priority pick.
2: The only compensation I want if Buddy leaves is that we pull a Geelong and win a flag. We're never going to get anything worthwhile, you know. I Certainly, I, t- I don't want to see Melbourne get a pick. I don't want to see them rewarded for being stupid.
3: Well, they've already been given the, the cash bailout, but I'm not sure why they need a, a draft pick as well. Why
2: don't we just write their name on a premiership cup and
3: give it to them? There you go, guys. You can be premiership. Moral premiers, St Kilda style. I don't think they need one
0: yet. If they're still crappy, after a year of basically being run by the AFL then something's got to be done because you know they got number one pick and this time they probably have someone better in charge and they won't draft another Jack Watts hopefully which actually brings us to the feedback last week's poll how should Melbourne be fixed 8% said move them to the AFA, 16% said get Kenneth 12% said they can't be fixed and 16% say the fix is already there at Melbourne Jack Watts 60 sorry 64% said that he just needs a little bit
2: more time the fix was in and they got a $500,000 fine for it
0: flog of the week week. This week, I reckon, it's got to be Plugger, who most people wouldn't even know that he was melting down about the umpires for the last week or so because he decided to go and take it elsewhere to the Limbo Club instead of letting everyone on Bay 13 view his little umpire sook. So, for squibbing the bay with his little meltdown, Plugger gets it.
2: Soft Plugger.
0: And an honourable mention this week goes to Wanna for his increasingly dubious like total.
3: Do we have Thread of the Week? My only preference for Thread of the Week was that there's only one Kurt Tippett, one by um, Spack attack.
2: thought I was going to have to call the blue bus for jack attack he was just babbling rubbish like I've never seen it was a massive meltdown there's only one Kurt Tippett and there's only one way to
0: ruin the bloods culture it was also good to see purple poofs get revived on a Geelong one
2: Geelong are flustered at the moment I mean they really are to be bringing out all those purple poofs threads and I've seen them right out post we're going to win every game for the rest of the season and basically committing themselves to winning the premiership they're on the back foot and they don't know what to do with themselves speaking of the purple poofs okay the reason that's a curse is. Is because Geelong have disrespected Frio and that's a curse because it's basically like the Kennett curse, this thing where he disrespected the Cats saying they didn't have the mental toughness. That, that's why it's a curse. People make they, they don't get it, but that's the reason why it's an issue. Geelong have been cursed. The Puffs will come out breathing fire this weekend and I expect them to continue the curse and win, even if down at Cadinia Park. If this game didn't include Frio, I would absolutely watch it. I won't be barracking for Frio as much as I'd love Geelong to lose every week. I just can't support Ross Line football. I couldn't care that about
3: in the uh, Be Nice to Carlton week, it's a uh, freer bashing week. more so this week. I'd rather watch PWS. West Coast SNUB. Thursday night is interesting. Especially for Perth, because we need to start it early to get it on at a decent time over East. It's going to be very interesting getting to and from that game, that's for sure. The area that it's in, it's just not transport friendly in terms of peak hour traffic anyway, which it will be. So it's a bit of a shit in that way.
2: So that's not a problem, though, because Bombers 2003 will sure be able to head down after work and get a beer somewhere and watch it together. <laughs> the problem. Just make sure that she uh, gets
3: her drink from the bartender and no one else.
0: But Whilst we're on Essendon, what do we think of Job Watson
2: spilling the beans on Essendon and himself as well? I couldn't believe how many he's talking up. The jabs wasn't he? It's like, Lance when Watson. you get that many, like that many, it's like how many? Like countless. He didn't put a figure on. he said that many. It's like something you've never experienced. It's like, wow. I'm
0: sure Essendon would be in damage control after that because now everybody knows. herd has been lying oh, yeah. the whole time.
2: I'm surprised about
3: the, weren't Fletcher and Job declared, you know, the couple of the few that were clean? That never took the jabs when earlier on in the season? I'm not sure if Watson was Fletcher might have been, but...
2: That is right, Ducks, and what that basically says to all of us right-thinking humans that aren't fooled by the Essendon spin, uh, or the AFL spin, is that Essendon fans have been making it up all along, and they've got no idea what's going on. No, it, it's damage control from all fronts. I personally think they're in big strife. What excites me the most about his revelations on the couch is that he threw someone who is behind the line, you know, one of the protected species, Dr. Reed, like... Like up until now, he's been Mr. Safe. You know, he's been standing next to Hurdy and Vlad, you know, at the AFL and Essendon, sort of as a protected species. Now suddenly, Job is throwing him under the bus. Is he that stupid? Or is there some sort of power shift here? Is Job thinking, hey, I don't want to be a bomber anymore?
0: They said that he had 40 minutes to think about. Maybe the conscious decision was he thought the club was going to throw him under the bus like a few other players, so he wanted to make sure he named everybody who was involved, just in case herd has been lying. Job's just taking everyone down, making sure they all go.
3: I've taken. From this as well, is this like the first legitimate asterisk? I mean, we all have our fun and say, you know, the Hawthorne of with the Bradbury and Eagles with, with the druggies on the team, but this is a is a real one with a performance enhancer, you know, for an award. If they don't take it off him, it, yeah, I don't think anyone's going to be able to take the actual winning of that Brownlow seriously.
0: And especially since this is no matter
2: what they say about premiership points, this one is relevant to last season.
3: Completely undermines the validity of,
2: you know, the highest individual award in the game.
3: Yeah, and it swings back to Cochin and um and Mitchell now. Were they robbed?
0: Possibly. It's like all the Tour de France winners who get them after Armstrong got caught, but more recently, I think it was Floyd Landis when he got done. That was within about a year, but no one remembers who won those.
2: Yeah, true. I personally think if that's the case and that is an even stronger supporting fact for more action being taken post their uh, drug taking it's like there's no point stripping points off them in 2012 it's what do we do about this I've got to have points stripped from this season they've got to be banned from playing I, I personally think Heard, you know is potentially going to a lifetime ban
1: although uh, locking points off Essendon from this season and last season all the points um, 18th and then does have a good ring to it it also <laughs> makes them the only team to finish 18th or lower
2: about GWS
1: no, if it's last season as well, GWS moved up to 17th.
2: Oh, good point. Very clever. They could finish 18th two seasons in a row. And get no draft picks for it. Andrew Dimitri is going to be in the barrel here. This could bring the whole sport to its knees, you know, Still and that just can't happen.
3: And on the subject of taking away premiership points from previous seasons, I don't think it's a big enough punishment. I think it should be for a future season where they have to play without earning points.
1: When the Melbourne Storm were caught cheating, they did get their minor premierships along with their uh, real premierships taken off them as well.
3: Yeah, but Essen haven't won any of those. There's not going to take, like, points from from a, a season where they haven't won a flag is I know meaningless as far as I'm concerned besides the 18th finish. For yeah, yeah. next year if they say oh you know you, you got to play for the year with no points I'm sure that they'll still play hard and I don't know for pride if you could after what's happened but I think it's the best punishment available.
1: I
0: think it's more of a slam if they lose them for this year because they have believed they're playing for legitimate points for so long that is a punishment that hurts. You know next year they could play development year all they want because results don't matter.
3: But it depends when the adjudication comes yeah. in if it comes in within the next you know month or two the next Excellent, but if it comes in season finishes which I, was, I think is likely then
0: I heard they were going to get it before finals it
1: would be funny if it came for round 23
3: though it
2: all. yeah round 23 would be nice just before that my personal theory is I think that it's been organised that the results will come out the findings will be made public just before finals and the Bombers will get outed from finals they'll have all their points stripped for the season uh, and I think that's what they're going to try and get away with doing because I think they're worried about the money being lost if they don't have the full competition for the team V rights next season so I think they're going to try and ban them they would play they'd just be Melbourne stormed they'd play for no points it'll be six months I don't think be the whole season I think it'll be six months it'll be like a Juventus kind of uh, AC Milan scenario where they'll start so many points down because they'll have to play so many rounds without and they won't be able to train together either because Asada or whatever yeah it says you can't actually play or train together for a minimum of six months and I reckon it'll be six months I think the AFL they have a lot of power and they're going to bring that to bear and they don't want a longer ban than six months Yeah. be interesting to see now
0: that Job's made it nice and open for everyone.
2: I tell you what, things are going to change at that club. In the age today, Cara Wilson, in an article she wrote this afternoon, was basically saying, Hurdy, life, to, you know, he's gone. Like, and Bomber Thompson's definitely out of the club.
0: Can we read into anything she says, though? She's been writing about Brayshaw for years. She's a bit of a Brayshaw stalker. She really needs to mm. check her taste. So, yeah, it's pretty huge. It is. To Sydney Carlton. Perhaps the karma will continue to bite the swans and Carlton will get up. Go, Carlton. Good luck for this week. Gold Coast Adelaide. This could be Gold Coast getting another scalp at Metricon oh
1: yes we're still undefeated at Metricon and other teams are losing there Port versus Collingwood well, I don't think anyone really cares about that so let's nah. just move on Collingwood will probably win that easily Melbourne
0: and Bulldogs Bulldogs should win that but that game actually happened over Curtain Razor women's game with a female draft which I found quite interesting because how many of those female players in the Curtain raiser would get
1: a game at Melbourne putting them in the Melbourne team would be insulting to those women
3: even then I would have thought that he could just swap the whole 22 with the 22 and the um the women's team would probably do better
2: against the Bulldogs.
0: Jack Watts will be backing up two games in a row.
2: Seriously, does anyone think Jack Watts gets his hair permed?
0: I don't know. Did anyone happen to notice that he dived? No. He put in a massive dive on the weekend. I can't remember who the St Kilda player was, but his shoulder touched Watts in the back when the ball was coming in, so Jack did a big arc forwards hoping the umpire would pay a free kick, and the umpire just left it to go, and he looked like
2: a goose.
3: I heard it on the radio, actually. I was listening to it on, you know, on the, in the car, and um, I heard him say that Watts played for free, and the umpire just ignored him because he overacted too much.
2: So he pulled the Lindsay
0: Thomas, did he? It was probably one of the worst things I saw a week. I saw Brett Goods squid one on Saturday night, Ducked the head, and Jake King spent about 10 minutes telling him about it. He didn't like it, the fat brother of Adam. But yeah, back on the women's game. we will probably play with a bit more heart than Melbourne's 22. Nathan
1: Jones accepted. And Does anyone ball. think they could beat Melbourne? Women's team would have more balls than the men's team.
3: <laughs> Those chicks on that footy team are pretty butch. I would say there's more masculinity going through them than a few of the actual Melbourne men's players. That's not joking. Far Teams with
2: more balls than... Melbourne, Australian female hockey team. The East German uh, female swimming team. Maybe the Chinese female swimming team. South African track and field team would be another one. (laughs) Yeah, there is a game that I feel I need to talk about because there is a poster here. He's already going under a phenolias, Dr. Robert. We all know who he is. Just Ash McGrath. Because he potted him. He's trying to game. Now, off air, you've been talking up Daniel Merritt as the best redhead in the league. And you've been talking up how amazing the Bryans are and that you're gonna make a late run for the eight. And how you're gonna smash the Hawks this weekend. I've had enough. I can't take it anymore. You do it off air and you wind me up, you're bullying me, and now I'm gonna throw it down. This is the first vlogcast cast challenge. If the Hawks beat the Bryans on the weekend, you have to make a thread in celebration of the Paddle Pop Jumper. And what's your terms?
1: Okay, if we somehow win this, you have to make a thread that's saying that uh, Sydney won the Grand Final Fair and Square.
3: No cola, no
0: nothing.
2: Ooh, cold, very cold. Alright, okay, okay, okay.
0: North Melbourne GWS.
2: Before we say it's irrelevant, has anyone got the weather report? <laughs> because if it's <laughs> raining, get into Big Footy early because it could break. Wise advice, and that's going to be on TV too for everyone watching on Free to Wear Melbourne.
0: You get to watch North versus GWS, so the nation could be watching that brad scott could melt down on tv for everyone again the last one's richmond st kilda and i say this quite a bit but is it about time to schedule women's round when st kilda have the bye, does it not make it a little bit meaningless
2: <laughs> i think it's in poor taste to
0: have st kilda play you know it's like you're saying hey let's celebrate women but hey st kilda are playing football so that's about everything this was the vlogcast. cast five you once again joined by the cat wrangler <laughs>
2: see you later <laughs> and also joined by duckula thanks guys and the elias dr robert
1: bye